What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1 where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. I'm your other host, Farbad Esenshari. This podcast is being brought to you by DoorDash, BetOnline, and BlueWire. Farbod, this is an emergency podcast. I DM'd you on Twitter and said, we have to record because the breaking news out of the NBA this afternoon or evening, early evening, I don't even know. Time is a construct. I don't know. Uh, It's a flat circle as well, according to, oh God, what was that great HBO show? You know what I'm talking about, right? The one with Matthew McConaughey. What was that show? You mean True Detective? There we go. That's the good one. Did Did you ever watch True Detective? I watched all of them. What was your favorite season? The first one, and it's not even close. Not even close. Not even close. You didn't like? Did you like season three? It was, it was okay, but the first one is like the first the one is amazing. The season three is like okay, but it's not even remotely close. You know what's funny? Season two averaged more viewers than season one. That's because all the hype was built too. Because I don't think anybody cared when season. Because like I didn't care when season one started at first. It's just everybody kept telling me to watch it, and I was like, "All right." And then by the time season two came, I was all aboard. It's kind of like look at Breaking Bad season one. Nobody cared, and then by the time they got to season four, everybody cared. The season one finale, and I understand we're going off on a weird tangent right now. The season one finale of True Detective averaged 3.52 million viewers in the United States on HBO. That is incredible. Are you looking this up right now or do you already just know this? I have this looked up. I mean, come on. If I knew that, I'd be extra weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's already bizarre that you're talking about this. Yeah. All right. All right. Either way, in a true, true detective, I guess, quirky plot line thing. The breaking news from today was that the Los Angeles Clippers and Doc Rivers have mutually agreed to part ways. That is per the press release by the Los Angeles Clippers. The news was first broken by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. So as of right now, Farbaud, for the first time in, what, seven years, the Los Angeles Clippers do not have a head coach. It's a little weird. It's uh, it's kind of surreal because it's like pretty much a decade. Yeah, like it's Doc Rivers has been here. Since 2013. And so basically he got here one year after Obama was in office. 
and basically into another. Don't do the math on that, right? No, one year into Obama's second term. There we go. Time is hard, man. I'm getting old. Um, so yeah, he was here for uh, seven seasons. Furthest the Clippers went was the Western Conference semifinals, which was this year and also 2014 and 2015. As we know, the Clippers have blown two 3-1 leads in the second round, the most recent one coming this year to the Denver Nuggets. They were up 3-1 against the Nuggets in the semifinals and were 13 minutes away from a first-ever Western... Huh? Remember when you wanted the Nuggets instead of the Jazz? I still feel that way. Okay, go on. Go on. I still feel that way. They were 13 minutes away with a double-digit lead. They were up 19 in the third quarter of game six. Everything about it said this was the right move. Nah. I just, they did it to themselves. Anyways. Everyone should blame you. That's all. I mean, look, I've been blamed my whole life. That's fine. Um, Doc Rivers is gone. What's your, what was your initial reaction to the news and where were you when you heard it? I was buying a new washing machine at Home Depot. Oh, look at you. You got money. Wow. Buying a new washing machine at Home Depot. And like it was literally at the register and the guy was asking me a bunch of questions. And somebody from Sports Illustrated, the the Raptors reporter, DM me and he's like, guess you can have a bunch of stuff to write about. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he says, Doc. And I was like, oh. (laughs) And then I look and I was like, holy crap, that happened. So I was uh, doing stuff around the house and I got a text message that said, wow. And my reaction was what? Because I was, you know, not online at the time. And then it was just said doc. And I went, what? And I looked and I was like, oh, oh, okay," Like that actually happened. Um, My initial reaction is. I understand it. It's going to be tough to find a head coach, and we will get into some of the candidates in a little bit. It's going to be tough to find a head coach who is better in terms of the available guys. But I understand why the move was made mutually because Doc Rivers has been coaching for about 21 years now. Um, That's a really long time. I believe he's only second to Greg Popovich at this point among active – well, I guess he's not active anymore, but among active coaches – So it's draining. It takes a toll year after year. And I thought he was actually going to step away about two or three years ago because he looked drained after uh, the last Lob City year. He really did. And then they traded Chris and I thought, okay, that's Doc's cue to step away. And he didn't. And he kept going. And two years ago, he had a really awesome coaching year and helped the team get to 42 and 40. Last season, he had a really awesome coaching year and got them to about, what, 48 wins and a, and a playoff berth when no one really thought they'd make the postseason. And this year, they were really good and flamed out in the second round, which has been kind of the, I guess, the just the recurring thing with Doc Rivers and the Clippers. So it makes sense that he's gone. It's just weird to know he's not going to be there now. Well, I think... I think things kind of shifted over time. I think after they traded Chris, I think he was going to be gone. And they had Blake. They traded Blake and they did so much better than they thought they did. They thought they would do when they traded Blake. You know, I think would they go 42 and 40. And so they, you know, I think he and I think he himself, because he said it to us so many times that he had so much fun coaching that team. 
And then when the next year came with Pat and everyone, uh, last technically last season, uh, he kept saying it was the funnest group he's ever had coaching. And that's when they renewed him because they were like, well, he's done such a stellar job with this. We might as well keep him. And that was when they gave him the three-year deal. And I think that's when they kind of made up their minds of, we kind of want this guy to be our Rick Carlisle, our Greg Popovich, where we want to keep him here forever. But then I don't think any of them were expecting him to blow another 3-1 lead in literally the same exact fashion as five years ago with an even better team. And that's just, after you do that, there's there's just nothing, it doesn't matter who you are. I don't think you that's escapable to blow two 3-1 leads in five years in the exact same way. I do think that's part of it. I think that the way so someone po- I've, I've been on there's been so many tweets I don't remember who said this but someone tweeted would this have happened if like uh, Doc Rivers being dismissed or mutually leaving however you want to phrase it would this have happened if the series with the Nuggets was back and forth and they just lost game 7 I don't think so but I also think the fact that the blown 3-1 lead happened and the double-digit leads in each of the next three games that they lost happened mm-hmm. paved the way for this to be possible. And I don't think it's the wrong move. It's just a very tough move because you've got to get the next coaching hire right because you're only guaranteed Paul George and Kawhi Leonard for next season. You don't know what they're going to do when they hit free agency. As much as you and I think they're going to stay no matter what, that doesn't matter what we think. It matters what they think. And this coaching search, you have to nail. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything, though, like I I trust this front office more than I've ever trusted the Clipper front office before. Yeah. I mean, think about it from this perspective. This front office is ruthless, man. Because if you want to say they fired Doc Rivers, if you want to go with the line of thinking that they fired Doc Rivers... This front office is ruthless as hell. They traded Blake Griffin in the six months after extending him. They uh, did not extend or offer a contract to uh, DeAndre Jordan. At least I should say a realistic contract to DeAndre Jordan. They completely moved on from the Lob City guys. They just did not even bother to bring any of them back. They end up trading Gallinari and Shea Gildas-Alexander. They trade Jerome Robinson, who was also a lottery pick for them. They do all these moves, they get Paul George, they sign Kawhi Leonard, and then they just can Doc Rivers if that's the route you want to go. Like, this is a savage front office. And I do want to say the decisions that Doc Rivers made in the in the postseason, not even just the second round, but made in the postseason, put the nail in his coffin. He did it to himself. And that's really crappy to say, but... Personally, that's the reality for me. I mean, uh, I think the decision making, of course, it's, um, but it's also just the manner of how you lose. I don't think that many people, like to your question, where would would he still be fired if if they uh, were had a back and forth against the Nuggets? I think just losing to the Nuggets is enough. It for one, but for two, the manner in which how you lost the Nuggets or you became the embarrassment of the NBA, that's that. I mean, it's where even your fans are embarrassed to wear your jersey. Like that says a lot. 
It's hard to disagree. So seven years with the Clippers, Doc Rivers racked up 356 wins. He posted a 631 winning percentage, which is not only the highest in the history of the Los Angeles Clippers, but also the highest he ever posted at one single destination. It was 577 with the Boston Celtics. His teams ended 74 games over 500 in those seven years, which is actually incredible. However, they only went 27 and 32 in the postseason. Now, in his defense, some of those years, Blake or Chris or both got injured. Like there was the year against Utah where Blake gets injured. There's a year against Memphis where Blake gets injured again. There's a year against Portland where they both get injured. You know, so it it happens. I understand it happens. But you're talking two blown 3-1 series leads. You're talking two double-digit, well, actually not even two, four double-digit leads in those games, in those series. And I think it just all came to a head in the series against Denver. And the lack of adjustments just really bit him in the in the rear end and it happens it's you know it's like i like doc i think i I really do i think doc is one of the best people in the nba but at the end of the day it's a winning league and he didn't win enough and i kind of liken this to Dwayne casey not adjusting with the raptors now i don't know if the clippers are going to hire someone who does what nick nurse nick nurse did but at the end of the day you gotta win and he wasn't winning enough I mean, at the end of the day, so he did fantastic things in the regular. So on the positives, he did fantastic things in the regular season. Highest, you know, regular season record ever. Highest seeding ever. He made DeAndre Jordan into an all-star, which nobody thought DeAndre Jordan could be. So he can unlock the potential of guys that very few people can. Um, Is an excellent motivator. But at the same time, if I, if you have to hear about how oh chemistry issues they didn't have enough chemistry and that's why they blew a three one lead, the same time within five years with an entirely different roster and the same coach, you don't want to hear it anymore. And if you and at the same time, for as good as you are in the regular season, if you can't realize like if Frank Vogel knows I got to pull Dwight Howard out of the starting lineup against the Rockets or not even in the starting lineup, I got to pull Dwight Howard out of the rotation against the Rockets and then put him in the starting lineup against the Nuggets. If he knows to do that, you got to know you can't play Trez against Jokic. It's like, and everyone is saying it. And we're not any, like, we're just guys. You are you have an entire coaching staff and everyone is saying it and you're not playing Jermichael more, you're not playing Zubats more in the matchup. And for as great as your regular season success is, your playoff success is, it's, for lack of a better term, is pretty atrocious in my opinion. For for you to only have three playoff series wins in seven years, never get to a conference final, have two blown three one leads in what is the biggest games in franchise history, have all NBA players, not just all stars, not just like oh a Jimmy Butler. You have like literal first team all NBA players on your franchise. You had Blake and Chris in their primes. Like there's you had so much. You had five, six men of the year in your tenure. You had Jamal twice, Lou twice, and Trez once. You had five, six men of the year. And somehow it doesn't matter with any depth you have in the playoffs, it doesn't cut it. So at the end of the day, it's they're just it was a losing record and a very losing record. Granted, Doc Rivers led the Clippers through their most tumultuous time in franchise history, and that's why he had the keys to the kingdom, and that's why 
he should be a clipper for life. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So I have two questions for you. Number one, with Doc Rivers no longer being there, who are the two players? I won't even say two. Who's the one player that you think could benefit the most from a new coach? And number two, who would be your favorite choice as the next head coach of the Los Angeles Clippers? Well, the first question, the easiest answer is Zubats, right? Uh, the second one would either be Landry or Jermichael. Okay. I'm glad you brought this up because you're right. The number one answer would be Evita Zubats. I'm also leaning heavily towards Landry Shamit, And you mentioned him because I think he fits so well alongside Kawhi and Paul George that I would be happy to see him in the starting lineup. Like, I'm at that point in my life with him. I think people gave him, and a lot of it was justified, some crap for how he performed in the second round. But this is a guy, and I'm talking about Landry Shaman here, this is a guy whose role on the team has been yo-yoed his entire career here. So a season and a half, he doesn't know what his role is. Like, he comes over from Philadelphia, he's a knockdown shooter, he ends up starting at the two-guard a little bit, running them off screens, using them like J.J. Redick, he looks great. Kawhi and PG come in, and this isn't Kawhi and PG's fault. Kawhi and PG come in. Landry Shaman looks good to start the season, gets some ankle issues, some foot issues, has to come back. But now he's on the bench, and he's playing alongside guys who don't enhance his ability. Instead, they detract that ability from him. 
So he's had to uh, deal with that. Then in the postseason, after coming back from COVID, mind you, and trying to get his feet under him in the bubble in the seeding games, he then has to come off the bench in the first round, but then eventually ends up starting in the first round. And because he starts, he looks really good. Then because Patrick Beverly comes back, he goes back to the bench and completely regresses. Personally, Landry Shamit might be the biggest beneficiary of this coaching change. Evita Zubats is also up there, but I think Landry Shamit has a really good chance of further expanding his role on this team for next season. And then to answer your second question, um, who would I want? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Cause like I, I, any answer I would give you would be uneducated because I didn't think they were going to, I didn't think they were going to fire him after this season. I didn't think they were either. Can I be honest about that? I had people ask me like, well, they're going to fire him. I was like, well, no, because like Chris Haynes had that report or that article, like the day after the Clippers got ousted where there's like the little blurb at the bottom that was like Kawhi Leonard sources say Kawhi Leonard or something like came to the Clippers because of Doc Rivers and would like to see Doc Rivers stay on as coach or something like that. So like everyone just assumed Doc's job was safe as you would. And then it turns out like a week or so later, no, 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 his job is not safe. So it's tough. Yeah. So I, I didn't even fathom that possibility. So I haven't really looked into that. So whatever answer I give you is going to be uneducated. I think everybody's going to say Ty Lu, but to be honest, I don't remember being a big fan of Ty Lu when he was on Cleveland. Like, I, I I remember not thinking he was that great, and then they just ended up overcoming that three-one deficit. So maybe he is that great. Um, eh, I, what I hope I can I can just give you the characteristics of what I hope. Uh, I just want someone who is a very solid X's and O's type of guy. Granted, Doc Rivers gave the Clippers a top 10 offense for like the last seven years straight, even with a team that had like Tyrone Wallace in it. So he, you know, he's not a non X's and O's guy. But I mean, from a standpoint of if Avery Bradley isn't doing well in the starting lineup and Patrick Beverly is like, just see it. You shouldn't have to trade Avery Bradley to take him out of the starting lineup. Um, or if Trez isn't doing well against Jokic, just see it, you know, actually take the data. Uh, that's what I'm hoping the type of candidate they'll get someone who who really is X's and O's granted. They might, I mean, you want to think they don't even really need a motivating coach at this point. Like everybody, everyone hates them. They have the biggest, they should have the biggest chip on their shoulder out of any team in the NBA going into next season. They need an X's and O's and an adjustments guy. And speaking of Ty Lue, I think he would be my 1A guy. Here's an interesting snippet from an article from The Undefeated from May 2018. You ready? Mm-hmm. The headline is, Don't Sleep on Tyron Lue's Coaching Greatness. Here's a snippet. As we concluded the conversation, Lue thought about the future and said at some point in his head coaching career, he would like to coach a team of younger, less experienced players. Obviously, the run with James and a veteran Cavaliers team has been great. Quote, I've seen that side. I've dealt with a veteran team for the last three years, Lou said. If I get a chance or an opportunity, I would like to coach younger talent to see if I can coach those guys to take on my personality, coach them and mold them to the team I want them to be. 
He added that it's rewarding to coach veteran teams like Cleveland because the players have been through the battles. They know who they are. Quote, when you coach a veteran team, you can't mold. They already are who they are. There is no changing those guys, which is not a bad thing. Lou said coaches are no different from players who want to challenge themselves. I find that interesting because, yes, the Clippers have veteran talent, obviously, but they also have young talent. So it would be interesting to see how Tyron Lue, if he gets the head coaching job, would weigh the veterans with the, I guess, inexperienced guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, the thing was, I mean, who's who do you consider a veteran? Because, like, I don't think Trez is a veteran and, like, he's getting veteran minutes over uh, Zubots. Yeah. It's just, just it's, it's literally just a matter of reading proper adjustments than it is over playing veteran guys over non-veteran guys. Like the only veteran guys are like Lou who should be playing in my opinion or um who who else? Patrick Beverly who really should be playing. Is there anybody else I'm thinking missing? I don't know. I just beyond Ty Lou the other name that was thrown around was Jeff Van Gundy because of his close relationship with Lawrence Frank. And I'm just going to say this right now. Nope. No, 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 no. I do not want Jeff Van Gundy on this team. I do not want Jeff Van Gundy leading this team. This is not a Jeff Van Gundy team. This is not a heart and hustle and like we're just going to get in the trenches and just completely blow up the X's and O's and just try to fight people for 48 minutes. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You need an X's and O's guy. That ain't Jeff Van Gundy right now. Leave him at the coaching booth or at the coaching booth. Leave him at the broadcasting booth where he is right now. I do not want him being at the helm of the Los Angeles Clippers. No, no, no. That would be a bad move. I I was going to ask why you didn't want Jeff Van Gundy. I think you answered it pretty well. For you. I mean, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, I mean, it's like a. It's, it almost sounds like you're slapping his hand, trying to reach for the coaching position. Jeff Van Gundy's agent has worked very hard this this uh, coaching cycle, has he not? I mean, his name just keeps popping up everywhere, literally everywhere. The interesting thing is Ty Lu seems to be the front runner because championship head coach already there, internal hire. Yes, he is a Doc Rivers guy, but he has a little bit of a different personality and a little bit of a different mindset for certain things. So I understand why he's the favorite. The other guy would be Sam Cassell, who's been in that in that assistant chair for several years. Um, after that, I don't know. I mean, you know, I saw people say Mike D'Antoni. I, I just don't think that's a fit for the team. Uh, I think he's pretty much going to Philadelphia at this point. So we'll see. I just, it's a very weird thing that on September 28th, you and I have to do a podcast about who the next Clippers head coach might be. Cause usually this time of year we're in training camp and the season's about to start. It's a weird thing, but hopefully the people who enjoy our horrible voices are happy with it. Uh, yeah, it's very, it's, it's just a strange time. I mean, you end up looking at everything for the Los Angeles Clippers this season. This was supposed to be the season. They at least made the conference finals and they didn't. It happens. And now Doc Rivers is gone. We don't know what other changes might happen in the off season. For instance, I don't know. Montres Harrell might not be back. 
Uh, Lou Williams might get traded. Patrick Beverly might get traded. Who knows what happens to Shaman and, and Land or Landry uh, Landry Shaman and Vita Zubats? Like I don't know. I don't know. Does Paul George get traded? Does Kawhi Leonard ask for a trade? Who knows? But this is this is a big domino that just fell today. And I do want to say, and I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Doc Rivers has a lasting legacy with the Los Angeles Clippers. The entire organization and the fan base owes him a huge debt of gratitude. And I understand there are a lot of frustrated fans out there because the team didn't make a conference finals or didn't win a championship under him. And I get it. And it was constantly, and it was constantly like the team was underperforming and all this stuff. I hundred percent get it. And I sympathize with you. However, this man led them through the Donald Sterling chaos. He was the bridge between two organizations, essentially. He was the voice of a lot of people. He empowered his players in the locker room and outside the locker room. During the bubble, he was a key voice that was leaned on. Chris Paul asked him to speak at that meeting when the season was in flux inside the bubble. This is a guy who a lot of people respect greatly. And I do too. And I hope that the stuff that happened on the court doesn't deter people from giving him his praise and his credit off the court. This is a one in a million guy, not a coach, a guy. I think people need to actually give him some respect and appreciate what he's done for not only the franchise, but for the game of basketball itself. And I will deeply miss him as the coach of the Clippers because I viewed him as a really fun guy to hear talk about life and sports and anything. So I understand there's a lot of people who are happy to see him go and I get it and I'm kind of there with them. But I do want to take time out to thank Doc Rivers personally for everything that he's done on behalf of the franchise and for the game of basketball. I mean, I I don't think any Clipper fans hate him by any. I mean, it's what I tweeted. I don't think Clipper fans hate him at all. I think they all are incredibly appreciative of what he's done and how he's transformed the franchise and how people want to play for a coach like him. But at the end of the day, I think they just wanted a fresh start after two, three, one, Three, after two, three, one blown leads in five years, you just want a fresh start. Trying no to say that what. five times fast, by the way. Two, three, one. Two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one. After there we go. two, three, one leads in the last five years blown, you just want a fresh start. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, if if that doesn't happen, I don't think fans call for his head as hard as they do. Yeah. Um, the way this series ended soured a lot of people, yours truly included. You did it to you too. Um, I don't feel this is an unnecessary move. I feel it is necessary, but it still stings. It still stings because we've got to know Doc Rivers over seven years. You know what I mean? Like this isn't like a guy who was here for a year or two. You know what I mean? So it stings. It's just they have to get the higher right. And it's it's on the front office. You know, um, I'm curious to see who they hire. I'm curious to see what decisions they make in the offseason. It'll be interesting. I do think now after letting go of Doc and whoever they bring in, like the pressure is going to be so high to win next season and to be like just to perform. Don't blow any more leads. Just destroy everyone. I don't think any team is going to have more pressure than the Clippers, except for maybe the Bucks. maybe to just like, they have to win now. 
the window is short. Everything is short. They have to win next season. Here's a fun little thing I'm going to leave you with. If you are the Los Angeles Clippers, do you care about Giannis Antetokounmpo so much that this head coaching search might impact his decisions in free agency? Do you, do you weigh that in your mind if you're that front office? No, I think they just try to win. I agree. Um, Farbot and I will be back in the next couple of days because we are going to do, like we did with Kawhi Leonard, we're going to do a Paul George retrospective. But as we said, this is an emergency broadcast and podcast. I don't know why I said broadcast. It's a podcast. Well, I guess it is a broadcast. A broadcast of a podcast. Um, Doc Rivers is done with the Los Angeles Clippers. Seven seasons, a ton of wins. We'll see what's next for him. As for now, the Los Angeles Clippers are coachless and they have to fill the void. It'll be Tyron Lue. It'll be Jeff Van Gundy. It'll be Sam Cassell. It'll be somebody. But as of right now, it is not Doc Rivers. And for me personally, Doc Rivers, thank you. I appreciated the fun times with the team. While there were stressful and uh, some low times, I cannot thank him enough. Farbaud, you got anything? You said it perfectly. As I often do. Take it easy, everybody. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.